Welcome to Mindfully Well, your place to get the tools and tips you need to connect to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply. This podcast is for change-seeking women who are curiously devoted to their health and ultimately having a positive impact on the world around them. I'll be diving into everything that can help us live mindfully well, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Haley. Hi, friends. Um, I have been a little AWOL, I guess. Um, I have been experiencing this pandemic, like everyone else, in my own way, and I have felt really not uninspired, but I have felt very neutral about recording a podcast episode. Um, it's been weird. It's been weird to feel like if I'm not talking about the pandemic, then I shouldn't be talking about anything, which is not true, but that's how it was feeling for a while. I just felt like unless I can create this podcast, this resource to give people in this time right now, then anything other than that would be like a disservice or it would be weird. And I kept going back and forth between this thought of making this episode, episode 18, about the pandemic and everything that's going on and self-care and mindfulness and everything that I preach and practice and talk about. But I don't think that's what we need. (laughs) It's not what I need. I don't feel like talking about the pandemic anymore. I don't feel like telling you to wash your hands. You know to wash your hands. (laughs) Like... You all, it's just been weird. I'm, I know you know that, but it's been weird wanting to create because I am in a place where I have time and space and safety and my health and food and money. Like, I'm okay. I am very, very lucky to be okay right now. And that has given me a lot of space to write and read and think and move and I ideate about what's going on around me and coming through me. And it also feels out of line to share that stuff. And it's weird. So I'm doing it anyway. I'm going to not be talking about the pandemic today. I'm not talking about this dreadful virus or the world or what's going on right now. Um, There's enough of that. And I am not an infectious disease expert. That's that's not what we're talking about. So there are plenty of other podcast resources if you want to keep hearing and thinking and talking about the pandemic. Um, this won't be one of them. So with that, I would like to introduce to you my new series. So if you've been following along on social and over on my blog, you have likely seen that I have launched a new series called... Our monthly cycle. And it is what it sounds like. It's um, a blog series, a podcast series about our literal monthly cycle as biological menstruators. So yes, we're talking about the period, um, phases of the monthly cycle, women's health. And yeah, so that's what our monthly cycle is. Um, That's what we're going to be covering for the next few weeks. If that sounds like a nice break from the pandemic, Welcome. Hello. Join me. Um, And if this is not of interest to you, well then, cool. 
you don't have to listen to this, I suppose, but that's where we are right now. So this episode is an overview of our monthly cycle, kind of just an introduction to what's going to be happening over the next six to eight weeks of this series. So I hope you enjoy. Um, sit back. I will include a link to the show notes at the bottom of this episode. There's also a pod or a podcast. What am I talking about? There is a blog post that goes along with each of these episodes. So you can just sit back and relax and listen. You don't have to like take notes or try to take all of this in. I also have it in written form for you. So that's pretty cool. You can consume this information in many different ways. And I also have some like freebie PDF um, tracking sheets and stuff that I've created too. So after you're done listening, head over to the blog, get the freebies, get the downloads, skim through any of the pieces that you may want to think about more. And yeah, I hope I can give you all the information that is inside of me right now regarding our monthly cycle and we can continue tuning in to our natural cycles together. So this may come as a shock to some of you, but I haven't always been obsessed with periods. I was once just a girl who dealt with it as it came every month, not talking or thinking about it too much, and, you know, just feeling like this is a part of life, you know? Um, but one day that changed, and I can't even exactly place what happened or why, but I knew, something deep inside of me knew that there was a better way to experience my period every month. I knew deep inside that I didn't want to feel so disconnected and burdened by this monthly biological gift, or what I probably thought was an inconvenience, and I know I thought for a long time was an inconvenience. Um, and I really wanted to learn about everything and how it works. Like biologically, was my period normal? I didn't know. It seemed normal, but my cramps were pretty intense. Um, my <laughs> irrational crying seemed a little over the top most of the times. And I'd always talk myself out of wondering by saying, oh, I'm just super emotional. This is the way I am. And like kind of wear it as a badge of honor, my <laughs> over the top emotions. Um, and cramps are just a part of it. Little did I know that wasn't just the way it had to be. Thank goodness. A few years ago, I started to really research all of my questions and experiment with my own lifestyle to see if I could, however you want to phrase it, improve my period and connect to it from the perspective of a healthy relationship versus like the enemy, right? So whenever I think about health, I think a lot about relationships and our relationship to our health is our relationship to ourself. So we can treat it as, for better or worse, like a separate entity, but we are our health, we are our body. So we're all one thing. But when thinking about our beliefs and our attitudes toward an aspect of ourself, we can look at it as a relationship. So in this context, I'm looking at my relationship to my period, my relationship to my biological processes. 
and that's kind of where I'm coming from here. Um, so I dug in and I started sharing what I was learning with some of my friends and <laughs> some interesting comments came up. Like one of my friends literally looked me in the eyes and said, I did not know I couldn't get pregnant all the time. What? Like she was completely mind blown. Um, I was telling a group of my friends one day that your cervix moves throughout the month. And like, it was just a, a tidbit thing that I had said. And they were like, wait, what? What, what do you mean my cervix moves? Um, I kind of openly started sharing about my journey with my menstrual cup and my period panties and all of my different sustainable and unusual to a lot of people um, period products. And a lot of my friends were like, whoa, what? Does that work? How does it work? Is it messy? Is it gross? What is happening? Tell me everything. Um, so I got to have a lot of really cool conversations with my friends about my journey and my experimentation with all of this. So I got to learn about myself, but I also got to learn about other women and what they didn't know and what they were curious about and they hadn't tried and stuff like that. So the more I learned and started sharing, the more I realized that I should be sharing the stuff with a bigger audience, right? My digital friends. You. Unless I know you in real life as well, then you're not just a digital friend, but you get what I mean, right? So most of my period conversations had been with my best friends, and I hadn't really published any of this stuff until recently. So that brings me to now. Now is the time. Um, each week I'm going to be bringing you a new episode in the series called Our Monthly Cycle, and I'll be covering everything I've learned about periods and the biological monthly cycle, and I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm so excited about this series. If you can't tell by now, I am absolutely obsessed with women's health. I am obsessed with sharing everything that I didn't learn growing up, and... Yeah, kind of just putting it all out there. Like, it is infuriating to me to repeatedly realize and learn everything that I wasn't taught. Everything that was just, like, glazed over and not even discussed through my upbringing in the education system, um, even with family and stuff. It was kind of like this unspoken thing. <laughs> like, I don't recall anyone in my family sitting me down and saying, Hey, Haley, here's what's going on with your body. What questions do you have? Like, it didn't happen. And that's normal, I think. Like, that's not... No one did anything wrong. But looking back, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that we don't have a different way to bring girls into their womanhood and open up that safe space to discuss this type of stuff. And then we end up being almost 30 years old and not knowing how our bodies work. Like from a, a biological healthy perspective, no one even knows what the baseline is. Not no one, a lot of people don't know what the baseline is. So that's what I'm sharing with you. Basically, all of the stuff I didn't know that I think you might want to know as well. So throughout this series, I'm going to share with you everything from each phase of the monthly cycle if you don't know what those are, I'll go into each one of them in detail. I will talk about nature cycles and the phases around us and our environment and how they relate to our internal cycle. 
I'm going to talk about how food affects our cycle, um, movement habits related to every phase of the cycle and different phases of life and seasonality. I'm going to talk about products that are safe to put in your body and on your body and everywhere near your body in relation to sexuality and menstruation, women's health. Um, I'll also talk about sex drive and sensuality, birth control options, and a lot more stuff. So that's kind of the overview. And that's where we're heading with this series. So I'm not sure how the introduction to your period was presented to you as a kid, but in my case, the reproductive and menstrual cycle was briefly covered in fourth grade when I was like nine or ten years old. I remember getting this little pamphlet, like, I don't know if it was just two-sided, like front and back, didn't even fold out, <laughs> like no information, um, with images that had like breast growth on it and what to expect with pubic hair and just like a few little images and tiny little blurbs about what's going to be happening with my body. And I'm not even sure it had anything else than that. I don't, I don't know if it had anything about my period or not. Maybe it had like a little picture of like the uterus and the ovaries and blood coming out or I don't know. It, obviously it wasn't that great because I don't really remember it. Um, but yeah, so the bad part about this for me was I was a late bloomer in comparison to like some of my friends. I didn't start my period until 13 or 14. It was like late eighth grade. And the talk that I got in fourth grade, like it was gone. I, I still had like that little pamphlet somewhere because I am a keeper of all the things. I'm not a hoarder, but I, I like to keep stuff. So I kept it. I kept it for four years, five years waiting to need this pamphlet, right? <laughs> and there wasn't really like Google or the internet. There weren't a lot of easy resources for me at the time to where I could like ask a question to the internet if I didn't know what was going on with myself. So that was kind of a disadvantage. I honestly, I'm not even sure how that is affecting teens nowadays. I'm sure there are oodles of pros and cons that come with that access to information about bodies and puberty and reproduction and sex. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know what questions to ask when my period came. I didn't know what was normal or not normal or when I should use tampons and when I should use pads and how to be prepared for all of this on a monthly basis. Like, I just didn't know. But everything seemed normal, so I just did what everyone else did. I snuck my tampons up my sleeve and went to the bathroom in between classes so no one would see. And I'd pray to God that whenever I stood up after class that my seat wasn't soaked in blood because that was always a perpetual fear of getting your period at school is bleeding everywhere. And like, it happens. It totally happens. And it's normal. But it is horrifying to think that that's about to happen to you, right? So navigating the horrible feeling of your period arriving and not having a tampon or a pad, wondering what you will do, using toilet paper, whatever, like 
there's a lot of stress and anxiety that comes with periods. I'm sure you can relate unless you're a man listening this in solidarity of menstruators. Totally. Like, it's a weird place to be and experience as a 13-year-old. So, um, but on the flip side of that, I guess I never had to deal with a boner. So that's, I'm sorry, I should say erection, I guess. Um, keeping it super casual today, you guys. Yeah, so puberty's weird overall, but my experience is with my period and menstruation. So with that, I want to say there is no shame. There should be no shame in this natural healthy process. It's actually fascinating. Like once you dive into all of the details of how our bodies and our monthly cycle works on a biological level, it's incredible. Like it is so freaking cool. We literally have the power to bring life into the world through our bodies and our periods are a part of that process. And if you never wanna have kids, awesome. There's still like a creative power and energy that comes with a monthly cycle that you can tap into if you tune in. It's really freaking cool. So what happens? What's the overview? If you don't remember your fourth grade talk, like most of us, um, here's kind of what's going on. So on day one of our cycle, which is day one of bleeding, when you are not pregnant, when you have not conceived and you have a, a quote-unquote normal healthy cycle, um, so there are no un underlying health issues, our bodies shed the uterine lining, which is the endometrium. So there are actually two layers to the uterine lining, which I just learned recently and I think is really cool, but you might not care about that right now. So this is what we see as our period blood or menstrual fluid because it's not just blood. <laughs> like, there's more to it than that. It's a menstrual fluid. Um, yeah, and over the course of the menstrual phase or menstruation, it's about, on average, three to seven days in adult women. Um, the average flow is about 50 milliliters to 80 milliliters. Um, I have all of this in the blog post to convert to ounces, but knowing this helped me understand if my flow was normal, like if I was losing, losing, if I was like shedding the normal amount of blood and fluid because I didn't know. So knowing that average range is good if you're trying to like tune into health issues or optimize your health. Cool. So the easiest way I found to do that was by using a menstrual cup. And I chose a cup for a lot of reasons. I talk about it in my period empowerment episode. I think it's episode six. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. But basically, I chose a cut for a lot of different reasons, but I wanted to know if my flow was in the normal range. Like, it seemed a little heavy, but it didn't seem heavy enough to warrant a doctor's visit or a red flag. Um, it was just kind of like, hmm, interesting. I wonder if this is normal. So I've got this like curiosity ingrained in me with my health and this is how I typically discover stuff about myself is through, huh, I wonder. And then from there I kind of go deep into a hole of 
all of the information. So if that's not you, that's totally cool. You don't have to be curious about how much menstrual blood you lose, but it's really cool to know, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so some months with my menstrual cup were, you know, a little hard. It was interesting trying to figure out like how to use it and how to ensure that it doesn't leak if it's in right and all of that. Um, so menstrual cups are not for the faint of heart. Faint of heart? Is that the phrase? Um, menstrual cups are work in the beginning, but they are so worth it. And um, I love mine, but if you are not into that at all, totally cool. There are so many options. You can still calculate the fluid that you use with tampons and pads. So on the back of the box of whatever you're using, it'll tell you how much fluid that product holds. And then from there, you can just count like however many tampons you use and then add it up. So you can still do this without getting a menstrual cup if that's not um, of interest to you. All right, so the period is deemed, like from a health perspective, the fifth vital sign. So that means it goes along with pulse, temperature, um, breath rate, blood pressure. Your period is a very essential sign to your overall health. So if you pay attention, your period is always telling you something. You can also look at this monthly bleeding as a time of letting go, literally, but also internally and emotionally. So yes, there are health signs and like different symptoms can point you in different directions to understand what your body is needing or saying. But also, I'm, I'm a very emotional and feeling and deep, <laughs> the emotional person, as I said earlier, wearing it as a badge of honor. Um, this is also a time of letting go. Like, you are physically letting go of what could have been. It's what your body is doing, right? It's shedding the uterine lining because you are not pregnant. And, yeah, it's there's there's emotion with it, and there's beauty in it. And I'll get into that a little bit more in future episodes when I break down each phase. But... Your period isn't just a biological thing that you write off as something that happens. It can be really powerful for you as a person emotionally and physically and mentally. If you let it be, if you want it to be, if you're open to what that might mean. Okay, so after we stop bleeding, we enter the follicular phase. This is the immediate following days, so like seven to 10 days after your period, so the last day after you stop bleeding, the first day after you stop bleeding, I said that backwards. Um, so they say, they, doctors, scientists, um, researchers say that this is a good time to start new projects. It's like your inner spring. So if you look at the four phases of your cycle as the seasons, the follicular phase is your spring. So it's a time for sprouting and blooming and new growth and starting anew from your winter that you just had, <laughs> meaning your menstrual cycle um, or your menstrual phase. So our hormone levels are going to go back up during the follicular phase and your uterine lining is starting to replenish itself. So after seven to 10 days in the follicular phase, 
we shift into ovulation. And yes, it's ideal to ovulate every month, whether we intend on getting pregnant or not. Ovulation is a sign of good health, and it is essential to our health. Also, if you are on hormonal birth control, you are not ovulating. So, we'll talk about more of this in the ovulation episode, but ovulation is how we hormonally progress through our entire cycle. So it's possible to have a period without ovulating, but it's essential to be ovulating. So we'll talk more about that later. Um, Ways of tracking ovulation include taking your basal body temperature each morning, um, observing the discharge and fluid that you see when you go to the bathroom every day, um, and you can check your cervix for a different texture and position and feel. There's a lot of different ways of tracking this, and in my opinion, it's good to track every month, even if you're not trying to conceive, even if you never ever want to, well, especially if you don't want to have kids, it's good to know when you're ovulating so you don't have kids. Um, Or if you do want to have kids, you need to know when you're ovulating. So anyway, it (laughs) is beneficial for all of us, regardless of what you want for your life. So after ovulation, we move into the luteal phase, which is broken up into two parts, kind of, like ambiguously, right? It's like 10 to 14 days, and a lot is going on in that 10 to 14 day period, so you can look at it as like a week at a time, if that helps you kind of remember where you are in your cycle. But in the second part of our cycle, so starting after ovulation, our metabolism speeds up and our bodies are actually burning more calories per day compared to the first half of our cycle, which I didn't know this until hmm, maybe like a year or two ago. I didn't know that that was even a thing. Like, how cool is that? You can basically biohack your way to whatever you're like, if you have a fitness goal or a movement goal, or if you're training for something, whatever you're doing, you can tune into your cycle to optimize when and how and what you should be doing with your exercise routine and your food and really like take advantage of this natural thing that's going to happen anyway. So as the luteal phase comes to an end, our hormone levels start to drop, they lower, and then we're preparing for menstruation. So we begin again. Um, A fact that I can't get over, which I think is so cool, is that PMS symptoms only arise when estrogen and progesterone, which are two hormones, are imbalanced during the luteal phase. Meaning, we can minimize or eliminate PMS with proper diet and lifestyle changes. What? That is so cool. Like, No one ever told me that growing up, right? I would have been so much more interested in what I was eating and how I was being if I knew that I didn't have to cramp or feel crazy moody or whatever the case may be. Like, so cool. Ugh. Diet and lifestyle habits are huge, you guys, but we won't get into that right now. Um, Cool. So as an overview, there are four phases in the monthly cycle. And each one has a purpose. So I said you can you can liken them to the seasons or different moods or ways of being or whatever you want. But we've got 
the menstrual phase, which is three to seven days of bleeding, letting go, releasing, turning inward. Um, yeah, what you literally are physically doing, you can emotionally and mentally do as well. Next, we've got the follicular phase, which is seven to ten days after you stop bleeding, which is when you are likely more open to new things. Like I said, it's your inner spring. Um, it's a time of like newness and rebirth, <laughs> for lack of better words, right? Next, we've got the ovulatory phase, which is three to four days within your cycle when you are fertile literally receptive, like you are open to being um, inseminated. And this is when your hormone levels kind of peak and they reach their highest point. So we feel really open, social. Um, there's a testosterone surge, so feel really sexual at this time, most likely, depending on your personal life and story and um, journey. But ovulation, open to new things um, and very receptive. And then the luteal phase is the 10 to 14 days after ovulation, where in the first week or first seven to eight, nine days, you have more energy. And then in the second half, you're likely going to want to start, like, want to, subconsciously, whatever. You're likely going to start shifting more toward caring for yourself and preparing to turn inward and kind of recluse into your own personal winter of menstruation, if that makes sense. Um, you can also look at moon phases and track them with your cycle. You don't have to sync up with different phases of the moon and different phases of your cycle. Like, that might not happen. That's okay. That's not the goal. For me, I like to look at the phase of the moon and look at what phase I am in in my cycle and then just kind of like bridge them together. Like connect dots between what's going on in the sky and what's going on inside of me. And I just kind of use it as a starting point of being curious about my own personal world and then the universe as a whole. So you don't have to even think about that if you don't want to, but um, it's cool. It's cool to connect the dots, and I'll talk about that more in a future episode. One thing I do want you to note here is that all of these phases can vary in length, and they transition in and out of each other. So they're not, like, concrete and static, and they're not rigid. Like, they are very fluid, literally, and the days might be a little different than what I've said here, right? So don't cling too much to like the concrete numbers, but just be curious about what your cycle is and what that means for you and your health. Remember that whatever you're doing right now will have an impact on your future periods for better or worse. So I think that's pretty cool. Like day one today, we can start choosing to work with our cycles and support our cycles and reap the benefits of that down the road. So I think that's cool. Um, our choices 100% impact our health with everything. Um, environment, stress levels, personal stuff going on, it all impacts our health. So my question for you is, what will you choose? At this point, you may be wondering, 
how did I start tuning into my own cycle? And the answer is pretty simple, I think. I just started observing each day and taking note of what I noticed. So there was no judgment, no trying to fix it immediately. I first needed to understand what was going on and then decide a plan of action for myself. Um, but yeah, just observing what was happening, how I was feeling, and then after some time of doing this, I started making choices, right? So I can share some of this in a future episode, but I started taking turmeric because I had a hunch that it would help, and it did. Um, I started using a menstrual cup, and I learned more about my period. So I did, I did a lot of different things, but the doing isn't the first step, right? The thing to do first is to observe and notice, and then you'll know the next best step to take for yourself. The process looks like this. Observe, act, adapt, repeat. Always start with observing, and then you can take a, a focused, intentional action that you believe will help you get closer to where you want to be, and then you keep observing, you keep taking that action, and then you adapt based on what you're learning. So it's a fluid process, and it's just kind of a big circle, like our cycles, literally, where it just keeps repeating itself. And every month we have an opportunity to learn something new or try something new and have a better relationship with ourselves. So like I mentioned in the beginning... I want to help you start observing and help you start tuning into this stuff. So I created a free daily tracker that you can use. It's in the show notes below. Click the link. Head over to my website to get it. It basically helps you understand your daily actions and habits and different health signals to help you get closer to tuning into your cycle. So that's all I've got for our monthly cycle, introduction, overview, episode. The next episode, I will be covering the follicular phase, which is the phase that comes after your menstruation. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to share with you guys. In the meantime, um, leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends, and let me know what you think or what questions you have. I'm here for you, and I am so excited to be on this journey with you.